Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. We are back. The compilations have finished. We've looked back on 2023 enough now, I think, don't you think? Yeah. It's time to crack on to a new year, innit? And we're back with a brand new episode. And we've got Will from Marseille coming your way. Uh, literally just come off a record with the lab. Um, really exciting 2024 coming for those boys. Really exciting. Uh, we had a good chat. It uh, gave us quite a few exclusives as well, so I'll, uh, I'll tease you with that before we start. Who doesn't like a little tease now and again? So, just a up, little update on me. I'm uh, five kilograms heavier than what I was before the Christmas festive period. Fat bastard. Uh, so, I've even... Uh, <laughs> I've invested in one of those uh, treadmills for at home. So cause I, I work from home, you see. And I don't think that's been doing me any good. You know, you quite you sat down quite a lot, and I do a long shift. Uh, so I bought one of those uh, treadmill things so I can walk and work at the same time. It's going all right. It's better fun actually. It's quite fun. Did a, a couple of k the other day. Uh, a couple, of, couple, of, yeah, couple of k. About 150. Uh, I'm going to stop talking about this. Nobody gives a shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the another edition of the podcast. Uh, my name's Carl Maloney, the host of this shindig, uh, and this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you're still with us, you would. You should be. Uh, I promise not to talk about treadmills anymore. Uh, we, uh, our podcast is here and specifically designed to delve into the grassroots music industry and beyond, and speak to interesting people within it. Uh, and as I say, we've got Will Brown from Marseille coming your way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I was really, I, I loved having the guys on at Tramlines in Sheffield this year. Um, so that was the first time I met them. It, it was a busy night. I didn't get a proper chance to speak to people because sometimes you don't, you get pulled around a lot. So it was really nice to sit down with Will today. And that's coming up very shortly for you. Uh, we, we, we talk about today's song that come out, the Liam Gallagher and John Squire song. Very strong opinions on that. That's coming up. AI. Uh, all that covered. Smashed. Um, they've got. I'll, I'll not spoil it. They've got loads of things coming on this year. Um, I'm just really excited for this year. I'm, uh, uh, my missus has been off for a week, so I, I, I realised while I was speaking to Will that I'm getting a bit excited and giddy and talking really quick. It's probably because I haven't really spoke to somebody in a long time. My missus is in a, a way helping her mum and dad out. Uh, so I think I'm a bit, uh, you know, short of human chat and interaction. So I really enjoyed, you know, catching up with him. Just speaking to a human, it was nice. Uh, so anyway, RGM's picking up now. The pipeline's building up. We're going to have more and more coming out each day, each week as we progress into the year. Loads of exciting things coming up. If you are interested in... What's the latest that's going on in the grassroots music industry and beyond? You can, you can click onto rgm.press. We'd love to see you over there. Nice one. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, that's me done. Uh, let's chat with Will Brown from Marseille. Nice one. Take it away, mate. 
Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. I look like a Smurf, though. I've just been telling you I've got a, a, a problem with my camera and it, I look blue for some fucking reason. Hey ho, <laughs> we, we roll with the punches. I've got this uh, weird little setup thing going on, but yeah, thanks for joining us today, today, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Just uh, yeah. at loose end at the minute. Just after Christmas, waiting to go back to uni. Yeah, wait, waiting to hammer back into the band and all that kind of stuff. I presume. Oh, I've been doing that anyway. Yeah, I, can't, I can't sit still. I've got this thing with me where I can't sit still, <laughs> and I've got to always do something. <laughs> well, that's good to know. That's good to know. So I've been, I've been hearing about Marseille, and we even had you on our uh, tramline stage, didn't we, this year uh, in Sheffield? Yeah. And you know, uh, it, when you keep seeing a band's name out there that are grafting and going for it, they're the kind of people that I want to chat to on this podcast. So welcome, mate. Let Let's have a chat. Nice one. First question for you, because it's all over the internet this morning. We're recording this podcast on the 5th. Um, and what's your thoughts on the new Gallagher Squire tune then, mate? Have you heard it? I've heard it, yeah. Um, yeah. I got on. a sneak preview yesterday because I got a leak. But uh, yeah. to be honest, I think the guitar works all right. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's good to see John Squire back in the game. Yeah. Um, I just think it's a, just a bit average. It's like what you, yeah. you would expect if Liam and Gallagher collaborated. Yeah. It, Liam and... Squire collaborated. I mean, like it's pretty much if you told AI to go and write a song of Liam and John Squire playing mm. together, that's what it would sound like. Yeah, so I didn't blame me away, but it definitely was all right. I am excited for the album. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I, I can't. I, I listened to it and I thought, hmm. Mm, and I hated that we we've had a review out on RGM this week, and it's well, it's come out today. It's out now. Uh, you can have a look at it. And the reviewer said, like, it's a horrible middle part to the song where he starts singing the rainbow and that kind of stuff, and it seems a yeah, bit messy. I and it, that was weird. And it, and it, and it, it is. There's a weird bit of the song, isn't there? So it starts off alright, and then there's this weird fucking middle bit that I can't get my head around myself. I, but you know, we'll, we'll wait for the album and see what that's all about. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying to my girlfriend uh, yeah. after it came out, I said I reckon there'll probably be about two or three good songs on it at least. Yeah. Because there's definitely potential there. Yeah. It is, It is. you, you are right there, I didn't think about that. It is a little bit like if you ask AI to write a song with Liam Gallagher and John Squire, isn't it? I wonder yeah, if, I wonder, exactly I wonder if they have. You it's all it to be. I wonder if they have and it's just a big blag. Mm. Yeah, I saw something about Noel Gallagher using AI to write one of his songs, yeah. but I'm not going to get into that. Oh, go on, you can do. What, what are you saying? I saw, I saw a video on YouTube where they said that, like, Council Skies is where, like, Noel Gallagher's had an AI to write a Noel Gallagher song because it's, like, oh. bits of every single Noel Gallagher song was put yeah. into one song oh. and made into Council Skies. Yeah. So, yeah, they could have just used AI and just used <laughs> stuff that John Squire's done and Liam's done and just mixed it together. Yeah, a- AI's a weird one, isn't it? Have you ever thought about using AI for, for your band? It's cheating, isn't it? Is it? I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I'd use it for our band, but I, th- I think it's scary what it can do. Yeah. Scary in what way? Uh, just that it is actually really beginning to get difficult to decipher what is AI and what's real. Yeah. No, I think, really. like, have you seen the AI-generated images? Yeah, well, it, they've just started being posted up. You, you can put yourself as a fucking Viking or something, can't you? And then it, it, yeah, it, it, they're, it they're weird. Like, yeah. there's ones where it's like <laughs> AI-generated people that don't exist, and you won't be able to tell that it's not real unless yeah. you didn't look at the writing. So the writing's always just gibberish. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been keeping a close eye on AI cause, just because of RGM and stuff, and we've had a couple of writers use it and pretend it's them writing it. So it's 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 out there in the industry now. I, I imagine every magazine's going to have problems with that kind of stuff. We're writers being lazy and just asking G- yeah. Chat GBT to fucking write me instead of me doing it. Um, and we, we've had a couple of examples of it, but I, I, I've 
I've kind of like spent quite a lot of time asking ChatGPT to write a review for just X band, um, just to see how it comes out. And it's quite, it's not that, it's quite uh, formulaic how they do it. And the words that they use are quite similar for each type of review, no matter what you type in. So I found, I found myself quite like, I've got, I've got a good eye for, if somebody's used AI for the for the writing, and I've seen other magazines that probably don't know that the writers used it, that I'm just I'm, I'm just a nosy bastard, so I'm having a look around to see how how much AI is just affecting the industry at the minute, and we've been affected by it, and you know those writers don't write for us anymore because we can't have it. It's, it can't, you know, it's just no good. Um, I suppose you got. To, I've got to guess that AI can't really have an opinion either. It's got to be quite yeah. a neutral standpoint on it. Well, you can you can ask it to be critical about something, and and oh, and, can you? And, and when oh, you right. and when you do yeah. that, it's critical in the same way every time. So it, so it's quite it it doesn't seem. I'm sure it's going to get better and more developed, and you know, um, just just get better uh, and more realistic. But at, at the minute, when it, and I'm just using ChatGPT, um, it, it's it's quite formulaic and quite predictable. Um, it tends to come out with the same shit because if you ask it, ask it to describe a song, it, I don't think AI knows what music is. It don't, it don't think, oh, I know what that tune is, you know. You can ask it to listen to a song. Uh, that'll be the next thing where you can a- actually like put your link into ChatGPT and it'll describe the music. That, that'll be when it starts getting difficult to... Uh, to get more into it, but when you're just when you're typing and you're asking AI to describe something, um, I've kind of got my eye on it at the minute. But that, that's it's just going to be an ongoing thing, you know, like people copying work and that kind of stuff. It's it's a new world, isn't it? It's quite exciting in a way, but I don't think it's going to uh, create robots to kill us quite yet. Oh no, no, definitely not. <laughs> I think well, another thing as well is like you can't really draw comparisons to other music either. It's AI; yeah. they can't draw comparisons yeah, to yeah. say, "Oh yeah, this yeah. is quite like something else," because yeah people are going to have different ideas of what it sounds like because yeah. they've got different things they listen to. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely something to keep his eye on, mate. Something to keep his eye on. Anyway, I didn't book you on to talk bang on about AI. Let's talk about Marseille. <laughs> so uh, just re- let's rewind a little bit then. So Marseille then, uh, introduce yourself and uh, and the band and, uh, and how you all got together. So the band, the way it like sort of built up is just kind of really gradual. Mm. So what's... We've all met each other at different points in our lives. So me and Joe have been mates since secondary school, yeah. which is pretty standard for most bands. Mm. Uh, and we started our own band and then members sort of just dropped off and it was just me and him left. Mm. And over time, we've just sort of recruited people. So Tom came back from uni in Birmingham and just walked straight into our band. He just rocked up to a rehearsal and we were looking mm. for a drummer and just smashed it. Mm. So uh, Tom joined that way. Lennon, we found at an open mic. You say it like it's just like, just sat at the bottom of a bin or something and said, oh, we've just found him there, we'll have him and we'll put him there. Uh, bands yeah. always tend to do that. We just find him there, we find him there and then we're just together. There's got to be more yeah, to well, it. Let's... It is usually that easy. It's okay. just finding the right person. If, <laughs> yeah, okay, if they work with your personality and yeah. they've got the same interests, it's got to click, in it? Yeah, no, I like that, I like that. Uh, and, and specifically about you then, how, what what were you like as a kid before you even got into music? I was more into football. I was never really right. into music. I've always been more like more of a football fan until okay. I started properly delving into music because I always like respected music. Mm. Like on the in the car when I was seven, I always asked for Bob Marley on. Oh, there you go. Uh, so that was my first love for music, really. And then 
uh, on the way to football training once, my dad put the Stone Roses album on, and that was the yeah. first time I actually properly sat up and was like, oh, this is awesome, I like yeah. this. Yeah. And ever since my dad saw that it struck a chord with me, he was putting them on every time we were going to uh, football mm. training, a new album he thought I'd like, and that's sort of where I've discovered my music taste. Oh, that's good. What, so football then, what kind of football were you playing professionally, semi-professionally, just having a kick about with lads? What? what? Uh, I'd say high-end Sunday league, okay. because... Uh, Sometimes I'd dabble with being like having trials and stuff, but it never led to anything. Yeah, uh, I once got rejected for being too short, <laughs> uh, which to be fair, I was a goalkeeper, so uh, oh, right. at five foot eight isn't going to cut it. Okay, so um, yeah, but yeah, I was just always just dabbled with football, it's just a bit of fun, really. Yeah, so so uh, started off in football, young lad, but what was like because um. At school, was it was there other people around you that were into music and that kind of stuff, or was it just football at that time? Do you know what? Like, obviously, well, most of my mates were into football around school. Mm. I didn't really talk about my love for music because I thought everyone would think I'd weird, I was weird because it's like a little bit different, a bit niche <laughs> yeah. at the time to be about eleven and listening to the Stone Roses and yeah. Oasis or Embrace and all that. It's a bit mm. different at that age, so I never really spoke about it. Um, but after lockdown, you know how we were in school at lockdown, yeah. I came back with a massive bob like I've got today. Right. And everyone was like, what's going on? Because I've always just had like a skin fade all the time. And they said, you know, barbers are open now. And I was like, but it's cool, I'm keeping it. <laughs> you have it. So, I've got the hair yeah. now, so I, knew I could start a band now. Yeah. And <laughs> the way I just fell into a band was because I just liked music. I never knew I could yeah. sing. I started off on bass. Mm, and right. because we didn't have a singer... We just all had a go at it, and I was just the, the best out of the bunch. And over the years, because I've been yeah. singing for about five years now, I'd like to think I'm quite good, because that's all I do. Yeah. Well, you, you must have had, like, a little blast of a tune in the shower and shit when you were younger and thought, I thought, oh, you know, a, a little, you know, like everybody does, singing into a fucking airbrush or something. No, nothing, uh, nothing yeah, like that? I remember quite an embarrassing moment when I was about eight. This is perfect where... for the podcast. Take it away. <laughs> I, I sang uh, Jackson 5 nice uh, the talent show when I was 8 nice <laughs> everyone said it was good but I, I I prefer to forget about it okay so when you say everybody is that like family no like teachers and stuff they said oh yeah oh, yeah, voice okay. and stuff right, but okay. yeah. they have but they kind of prefer to forget they, about it you can't really teachers won't like say that were a bit shit pal will they <laughs> oh yeah that's true <laughs> they won't maybe it was shit I don't know <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's quite funny. So no no moments of, you know, when you're on your own, just blasting out a tune to an air dryer, into a airbrush when you were like before, or visions of just like, you know, blasting I a song out like, on stage to an arena or something. The closest of that, like obviously the aim is to get to arenas and that's yeah. always what I wanted to do. I think yeah. watching documentaries and stuff, like obviously I'm not I'm not massively into Oasis anymore, but yeah. when, I, when I was, when I was younger, I'm watching Supersonic, I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but I think the reason why I even got into singing was just when you're learning guitar or bass or something, yeah. you want to sing along to your songs mm, because yeah. otherwise it doesn't sound like the song. You want to let sing along to it. Yeah. And because I was doing that like literally every day, I think you just gain that sort of mm. ability to sing in key. Mm. And that's sort of how it came along. And yeah. There it is. There it is. How did you find learning the actual instrument itself i can remember being on the dole and thinking i've got no else better to do i'm just going to learn the guitar somehow so i just bought some beatles books and oasis books and learned songs that i loved at the time and just kind of just 
grafted it. It had no else to do. How, how did you find the actual um, skill of learning an instrument? Uh, at first, I absolutely despised it. Like, I couldn't stand it. It hurt <laughs> fingers and everything. Oh, because it hurt your fingers, yeah. Yeah, that's because I started on bass, which is, like, mm. really difficult for yeah. someone with little fingers yeah. as, a, as a little kid. Yeah. But the reason why I wanted to start on bass is because of Manny from the Stone Roses. Yes. Uh, and that's what I got for Christmas one year mm. and started having a few lessons. Once I got the gist of it, I just sort of went off and did my own thing because... Mm. I didn't want to learn about like Nirvana or anything anymore because that's not what it, that's not what I enjoyed, and yeah. I didn't enjoy like all the Queen bassline and stuff I was learning. So I yeah. wanted to learn the Stone Roses and go off and do that myself. Yeah. So like once I started learning stuff that I wanted to learn, I found that I had a real passion for it. Yeah, that's what I say to any young kid. You know, like uh, well, like uh, people asking me about their like nephews and kids are growing up now around me, and they're like, "How did how do you get them into music?" Was so, well, the last thing you want to do is start getting into boring, like, stuff and classical stuff. And, well, that's my my own opinion. I'm sure there's plenty of people that like classical stuff out there. But uh, just, you know, give them a tablet a book or just go on YouTube or whatever. Google the song that you like and somebody will have a video these days and should be able to show you physically how to play it. Where, you know, everything's available on YouTube these days, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just the place to be to, to learn anything. Even like weird you shit. Any, you can Google any song; there'll be something somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I had that as a kid. You don't know. How I look, yeah, I think I, that's I, probably why I found my passion yeah. for it. It's because I could just learn any song at the yeah. tip of my fingers. Yeah, it, it weren't like that in my day, kiddo. I tell you, I'm just I'm just reminiscing there. Uh, <laughs> so, so did, were you? Uh, did you start any bands before Marseille? What, what was the kind of? Um, t- t- well, okay, let's go back in the timeline a bit. I'm trying to rush in. I'm a bit giddy today because I've, I've not recorded a podcast or talked to anybody for a few days. So I'm just a bit giddy today. I need to slow down a bit. Uh, so timeline then. So yeah, you started the band, learning the instruments, uh, gathered together a few friends and stuff. So um, how, how did you find um, the first experience of getting into a rehearsal room and starting to write tunes with other people? How, how, how did that come about for you guys? Well, the way the way I've always done it is that I I write the songs, yeah. like so I write all the songs in Marseille. Yeah. Uh, but like the first band was the, this is the one before Marseille, so I'll go chronological order. Okay, yeah. The issue with there because we split up. What's the band name like, first? It was called Concrete Skies, and that was only a school band, okay. so yeah, it wasn't yeah. anything like important. Yeah. We just played like our local pub night. Like, That's not a bad name. That. That's not a bad. Not, it's not a bad band name, that at all. I don't if anyone wants to nick it, you can have it because I'm not <laughs> yeah. bothered about it anymore. Okay, fair enough, fair but enough. Uh, uh, yeah, it was Concrete Skies. That was the name of the band, and yeah. uh, we were doing like music, like uh, I can't describe it. It's like Royal Blood and Art of Monkeys. Okay. But I wasn't allowed to write the songs, even though I had this burning desire to write the songs. Oh. Like I, I knew I had something, yeah. and I was coming every week saying, "I've got a new song. I've got a new song. I've got a new yeah. song." And because the other two were like into heavier stuff, uh, every single time I was coming in with like jangles and stuff and all that, mm. and they were like, "Don't like it, don't like it, don't yeah. like it," yeah. and it ultimately just led, led to the band imploding and finished yeah. school. And me and Joe, who bonded over our love for music, whilst walking home every single day, sort of stuck out and stuck it out and just kept speaking to each other. And I said, "Do you want to start another band?" Mm. So that's how everything sort of fell into place. Yeah, and. Uh, I was writing songs. Joe was playing along, and he's our current guitarist, by the way. And um, so, is it? Yeah, is it Derby where you're from? Yeah, we're from Derby. Derby. But did you say there's some from Birmingham? Are people from all over the place a little bit, or are you mainly from Midlands? You're where? 
Tom, Tom's from uh, Derby as well. Oh, everyone's from Derby. Tom oh, right, just okay. went to uni in Birmingham. Oh, got you right. Okay, got confused. Right. I'm yeah, and then he Derby, came yeah. back and then just joined yeah. the band. So what's so, the music? What's the music? I've never been out to a gig in Derby. What's what's the what's the musical scene like in Derby? Uh, what was it uh, like then when you were just starting Marseille, and what's it like now? Well, when we were first starting Marseille, it was probably all solo artists. I, I'm going to be honest. Okay. I don't. I don't want to blame anyone here. Go on. But I think once once we started a band and people saw it was going places, I think everyone else started bands. Okay. And. Um, <laughs> I think the bands that have formed, that they're, they're all right. There's some good ones. There's some bad ones, like any city. But yeah. uh, like, there's some that will get there. I think there's there's a lot of ones that I know. It probably sounds a bit hypocritical, but I think we are really beginning to find our own sound. But there's some bands that are very, very like 2000s to the point where yeah. I can tell exactly what band you're trying to be. Yeah. What Oasis? Yeah. Well, no, just 2000s bands like Arctic Monkeys. Oh, 2000. Stroke, right, okay. Ah, stuff. Okay, yeah. I can like every single band. I can usually pin down exactly what they're trying to be. There's not really any other influences there. Uh, uh, but with with us, I do think that we're really beginning to find our own sound. Obviously, people draw comparisons to the Stone Roses and stuff like that. Uh, and obviously, it is an influence because they're all massive in my life. But mm. I would say this next EP is the most. I, I've never heard anything like it. To be honest, it's got oh. bits of like shoegaze in there, yeah. but I would never call it. I wouldn't call it shoegaze because it's like an indie band doing shoegaze. It's like, say you told the Charlatans or the Verve, well, the Verve did do shoegaze, but like if you told like the Charlatans or the Stone Roses to attempt it, that's probably what it would sound like. Or okay, is that I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I sound like anyone as a singer. I don't think I sound like anyone in particular. I think my voice is a bit nasally, so <laughs> okay. a bit more different. Is that a bit to... of an exclusive that you've got an EP coming up then? Yeah, the, we okay. have one, and the first single should be with you very soon. Oh, nice. So expect an announcement. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. How, uh, how, how are we going to do these announcements? I, I want to remind me to go back to Derby because I want to ask you a few more questions. But on bands doing announcements, you're not just going to do the check back here. We've got a big fuck off announcement at six o'clock one day. Are you? You're not going to put that fuck. I'm sick of seeing them uh, announcements from bands saying massive announcement at six o'clock tomorrow. I'm I'm just bored of seeing them. That is just a bit of a bugbear of mine. Can you tell? I can I can tell you what what we're gonna do because it people well, might not expect it and I think people it's oh, sort well, of the thing that's gonna make it, you go off. Don't, yeah, oh, go on. If if, if you're comfortable, it's sort saying of like the thing that people are gonna be like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. So yeah. what we're doing is like with this next EP, with it being so different, yeah. we're sort of doing like an image rebrand and everything. Okay. Where we're all gonna dress like we're in the same band, yeah. And we want to be together, and we've actually spoke to each other about how we want to dress and what we want to do. Okay. No. So. We want to look like the full package. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be archiving everything we've got on our socials and stuff, and no one else can see it. So it will look like we've got no posts. Mm. So for a few days, it's going to look like our account's got nothing, and people will probably question what's going on. Like it. Oh, there's something coming. Mm. And then we're going to go, Bosh, EP's coming out this day, first singles this day, Yeah. Uh, get on it, and then it's just going to be a massive full steam ahead campaign. That's how you do it. You don't just put a normal, put like massive announcement at six o'clock tomorrow when I know for a fact it's just going to be a single or a fucking video or a gig or some announcement. You know, it's a bit, it's it's a bit stale out there on the socials for bands for me. For me, because I'm a nosy bastard and I'm running RGM, so I, I feel like I've kind of got to know what's going on around me. So I'm always looking at this kind of stuff, and I probably see it more than most people. Um, but it is quite stale and not very creative at the minute. Um, online how how do you feel about that and remind me i'm going to come back to derby in a bit because i need to 
Uh, I think a lot of bands, like what what's happened is they've seen one band's got major success off that where it's got people mm. thinking, but now everybody does it. Everyone yeah. knows when it's going to be. Yeah. But like, unless it's supporting someone massive, like, oh yeah, we're supporting Rich Ashcroft or something on yeah. The Who, uh, I don't think it's really necessary. Mm. Like, yeah. say, say you got an email from someone saying, oh, we've got this show where we're supporting... You're supporting like Liam Gallagher at Nebworth, which Pastel did, obviously. Yeah. But that is a massive announcement. You can say this is a massive announcement that's coming at yeah. six tomorrow. Yeah, not just. Whereas yeah. if it's just your single, like <laughs> I feel like you can just hint towards it and say maybe some new music on the way. Yeah. And then you actually just say this is the date of the single. Everyone pre-save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I think the best it, way to do it with singles as well is if you have like a music video already ready. Yeah. If you do like a blurred little thing where it's, you can't completely make out what it is, but it's mm. a section of the song, yeah. I think that's the best way because it gets people's ears pricked up and say, oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, um, and it's mysterious, I, isn't I, it? I'll watch out. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't. Yeah, you've got your head screwed on. You know what you're doing. Good lad. Good lad. Good work. Keep up the good work. Keep the ideas coming. I like it. Uh, I'm just going to revert back to Derby before I forget because I'm just, I'm always interested because I've, I've, I don't know the scene in Derby at all. Um, what what is like the live circuit like? I'm just interested to know what what the venues are like around there, and and is it the same as like here in Manchester and Sheffield, where I'm from originally? You know, we're losing quite a lot of venues at the minute and that kind of shit. Yeah, well, with Derby, I think what's happened is I think right now, as a lot of people have said, is probably the most exciting the Derby scene's been because there's so many bands that yeah. you can clearly see young and hungry for it. Yeah. But there's not many venues to play in Derby. I think mm. it just goes from playing like a local pub to all of a sudden playing a 500 capacity venue because that's all there is. Oh, so there's uh, nothing there's, in between of that. There's there's no in between, and um, mm. there's there's the arena, there's Derby Arena, but it's not really an arena. It's a gym, and it just <laughs> gets converted into an arena at night. There's a gig on, and yeah. it's not very good because you can clearly tell it's just like a big sports centre that's just been converted into a gig yeah. at night. Um, but there's a new development there called the Beckettwell Street, and that's going to hold, I think they said it's 3,000 capacity. But still, there's no middle ground for grassroots venues. There's so nowhere the, that's so about nothing, cap Yeah, there's nothing anything. with 100 or 150 cap anywhere in Derby at all, then. Yeah, it just skips the middle ground. There's no one. There's nowhere there. You can play like, there's a, re, there's a rehearsal studio called The Breck, mm. and that's about 80 capacity. But mm. again, it shouldn't really be down to a rehearsal space to host yeah. events we need a proper gig venue there yeah. it's like grassroots so where do you find yourself got like locally like nottingham and stuff then and leicester and around there do you, do you have to try yeah. and get out a little we bit? have to go to nottingham most of the time yeah. for local gigs at that sort of level we, we want to play that middle ground though we have mm. played in derby at the 500 capacity venue and sold it out because mm. like mm. i mean in derby i think a lot of people see us as the the bright star that yeah could go somewhere. So a lot of people that do support our music in Derby, which is great. Nice. And I love all our local fans. But I think Derby itself needs to get behind the grassroots scene a bit more. Yeah. I, I, I don't see the name Derby come up very often. I don't. I don't. Yeah, you don't really. And I, I don't think it's ever come up really. There's never been a point in music history where Derby's been the place to be. <laughs> it, oh. it's, been, it's been a great city at times. Like yeah. My parents have told me about Derby in the 90s and bringing their mates here and yeah. saying it blew people's minds, but it's just a ghost town now. Yeah, It's like a proper ghost town. I, I just think of the football when I think of Derby, Derby County. That's that's kind of like, it's more of a, is it more of a football type? It's a football of city. It's a football yeah. city. Yeah. And obviously Derby's club have got a massive following. And yeah. I could talk to you about Derby all day because I'm a huge Derby fan. Yeah. But um, 
bit of a bogey yeah, bit of a bogey team for Sheffield United. Uh, we always we always seem to lose against Derby every now and again when we played you. Oh, in recent history, I can remember us losing to you. You came a bogey team over the last five. Years, <laughs> oh God, it's, it, God it's, it's strange how you remember stuff, isn't it? We're your bogey yeah. team and your our bogey team. It's funny, isn't it? It's funny. Yeah. Uh, right then. So so Derby um, socials. You've got this EP coming out. Marseille. Why why the name Marseille? I don't usually ask the band name question, but I am intrigued why why the name Marseille because because when you try and find a band and you're searching for Marseille you just get loads of touristy stuff for Marseille yeah I suppose I didn't think about that when I was 16 <laughs> okay, but fair it's because uh, obviously I've talked about I was a fo- I'm a big football fan yeah, okay. it's after the uh, the French football team I had a uh, yeah. football shirt uh, that was Marseille yeah. and I used to wear it all the time and I thought that's a good name for a band yeah. so I just named the band that yeah. And also, a cool fact about Marseille is that they're only the only French team that's won the uh, European Cup. Oh, wow, okay. I, I can remember seeing the ground, the village. It's got like a velodrome, aren't they, Marseille? Quite an impressive football ground, I think. I'm yeah, right. they have got a cool ground, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so, so, yeah, you're just influenced by, influenced by French uh, football then, a bit? Uh, influenced <laughs> by... Just, just kits. I think they've got a nice kit. So. Yeah, it is yeah. a nice blue, isn't it? It's a nice blue. Yeah, and they've they had some cool players as well. They've, <laughs> they've had some cool players over the years. Yeah, right then. So these lads you've corralled around you then to create this band, Marseille. Um, introduce us to each member out of the band and give us something interesting about each one, just so we can celebrate their contribution to this thing. Uh, right, now you put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, well, me and Joe have been mates since we were like. 13. And tell us uh, what, what does Joe do? Just ex- explain, yeah, explain what, what part of the band he does and something something funny. Take the piss. Do whatever you want. Be nice. It's up to you. I don't know. I don't I don't, I don't want to come across as too mean. I don't want them to watch it and think, oh, why, why you said this? Okay, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Well, say something. Uh, what, do, what positive things do they bring to the band and drive the band forward with them? Let's go with that question. Uh, they're in the band. Okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, well, I think they're all like most of them are multi instrumentalists, so that's helpful. When we go into the studio, most yeah. of them just pick up anything and start playing. Okay, so it, that's really helpful. When you want to add a layer or something, they can all pick up something. Yeah. Joe's a fantastic guitarist. I think loads of people come up to me and say, like, "Where'd you find him?" It's like next John Squire. Yeah, and yeah, I think I think in the band, I don't mind what they do because they're all virtuosos in what they do. Yeah. Um, I'll just dra- I'll just drag it to the top. They just need to keep being themselves. Yeah, okay. they, they just need to show up, do what they do. Yeah, look cool, and I'll and I'll just drag it drag it so by it, the scruff of the neck. It sounds like you might be a bit bossy, mate. I am a bit bossy, but yeah. someone's got to be, aren't they? They, they really do. I, I was the bossy one when I was in a band, and somebody, somebody has got to do it because uh, it, it, the dynamics of a band is, are always interesting. You know, they're always going to get a, an, a one who's late. You're always going to get a one that pisses about too much. Uh, we had loads of drummers that just won't fucking stop drumming in between songs, so we could just have a chat about stuff. You know, just annoying people. Uh, there's a, a there's always a fantastic dynamic within a band. Uh, just talk us through a little bit about the dynamic between you. And the lads, how, how do you get through this fucking world we live in and create music? Well, me and Joe live about five minutes away from each okay. other, so whenever yeah. I've got an idea, I'll just show him a song Straight and he'll twiddle along to it, and then yeah. we've usually got a song. Yeah. Um, but like with with the rest of the band, it's just 
pretty pretty simple because uh, Tom's yeah. just laid back as anything for a drummer. Yeah. It's really bizarre. He's like he's stoned all the time. <laughs> and he's not. He's yeah. just like yeah. drifting off on his drums, like yeah. falling asleep. And uh, it's just, I think we hit the jackpot with Tom because he's not a crazy drummer. He just he just sits yeah. there and does as he's told. Yeah. Lennon's probably the quirky one who just sometimes yeah. gets us in trouble when he doesn't need to. Yeah. He always gets us in trouble no matter where we go. Lennon somehow gets us in trouble. Go on, He's give, on give, give an example of what Lennon's got up to. Uh, well, uh, when we were in Birmingham, we were walking past the police and Joe told Lennon to start shouting pigs. Okay. Um, right, okay. So and Lennon didn't stuff. understand what that meant. I don't think he's ever heard oh, the phrase okay, that's before. Right, okay. And he started shouting it at the top <laughs> of his lungs whilst there's these police clearly arresting well, someone. Yeah. And they quickly turned their attention towards us. Yeah. Uh, and we had oh, to sort of oh, get Lennon. our head down and walk off. <laughs> he stuck our head down and pretended it wasn't us. And then when we were in London yeah. the other day, uh, he got told off by a bus driver because he wouldn't stop spamming the stop button because he right. thought it was funny. <laughs> right, okay, fair enough. And when we played uh, Rough Trade as well, the green room's on the top floor yeah. and there was these tea bags in there and he was throwing them at people below. Yeah. Oh, well, he just it, always gets Just daft trouble. stuff then, isn't it? It's just daft. It's just, it sounds like a daft lad, that Lennon. Yeah, he's just, he's just the I, I like I like Lennon. I like the sound of Lennon. And anybody else we've missed out there? Is that, have we covered everything? No, at the minute we were a four-piece because uh, Felix right. is left, left the band at the end of the year. Um, so uh, What happened with Felix are... and Dish the Dirt? Well, uh, he saw as things were growing mm. and we were playing sold-out 100-capacity venues and stuff most places. Yeah. I think he decided that he didn't like the fuss at the end of gigs. So like oh, yeah. at the end of gigs, when he just wanted, he just wanted to get away yeah. and people were like saying, oh, can you sign this? Can I buy this? Can I do this? And I don't think Felix likes it, whereas I love it. I love yeah. tension. Yeah. So, uh, oh, okay. like, I've got all the time in the world and he just wants to shoot off. So yeah. I think he just decided that life's not for him. I don't think he likes it. Well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, it's, so it's, yeah, it, it's it probably best to now before it gets any bigger. Yeah, well, it, it's not, it, it isn't for everybody, is it? You know, it's uh, it's a lot of graft for for sometimes zero re- reward, isn't it? You know, it, you, you know, it's the yeah. music industry. It's a, uh, it's a difficult place to try and monetize and to try and grow as a band. I'm, I'm trying to stop saying the music industry is the hardest industry in the world. I think it is, it is a hard, difficult industry, but I think it's, it's not as difficult if you try and learn each individual part to it. So I think, you know, good things for bands is to try and understand what happens, you know, maybe put a gig on yourself to understand how to do a gig. Maybe, uh, just, I don't know, yeah. try and try and sample different parts of the industry um to 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 just keep learning about it uh that that's, yeah. that's probably I'm, the easiest I'm way like to get desperate to it. For more all the time yeah I, I just always want to talk to people and everything yeah. the best way to do it like after everyone says oh yeah it's just log it's all luck it's not you've got to make it's your not, own luck really no, yeah you've got to chat to the right people you've got to make yeah. sure you're getting through to these people and keep mm. getting your music out there in yeah. new different ways like chatting to you like i'll get out to your audience yeah, yeah. and stuff and yeah. that's it you've just got to keep working away nothing oh. that's going to help you is not worth your time yeah you've just got to do these little things just to get you to where you want to be because yeah. it all adds up in the end you don't know who's who knows who you don't know who's going to be yeah. at all gig you don't know who's going to be anywhere you've just got to keep doing it it's a really tight small well not necessarily tight but it's a, it's quite a, a small amount of people that are in the industry everybody tends to be oh i know who that kid is or i know who that kid is it's quite a small community um, yeah as well in it you know so even it like within the uk you hear of people even down south 
Um, and, and you hear, well, what, what's he up to? What's this up to? You, you hear rumours and shit, don't you, about things like that? Yeah. 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 Well, I'll um, say one thing that is a bit frustrating about the music industry is that yes. everyone seems to be in London. Like, all, all the big, yeah. like, big names just seem to be in London. Whenever we play in London, mm. that's when we get all the emails saying, can I have guest list? Or get this guy on the guest list, make sure this guy's here. Yeah. And whenever we play anywhere else, n- none of the, like, big like label names seem to be there. So okay. I feel like if you actually are a band and you want to get out to the front of them people, you need to go down to London, which is mm. a bit of an issue, especially when yeah. you're about four hours away. Mm. It's not ideal. Well, we, uh, you've got a gig in London this Friday. We'll come to that in a bit. But I just wanted to pose the question, where where do you see yourselves within the industry at the minute? Where where would you place Marseille within um, the music industry? Um, I think we're, we're just like, to people higher up, I think they're beginning to recognise who we are as newcomers. Yeah. Like, I think we are beginning to raise a few eyebrows and prick a few mm. ears up, mm. but only tiny. We're making ripples at the minute yeah. in a big pond. Okay. I would say we're, at the minute we're we're a big fish in a small pond, but we mm. want to be the big fish in the big pond. Mm. So we want to get in that big pond. We're in the small pond right now, but we want to get in the big pond and... That's sort of where we are. You know, like, sort yeah. of, if you see it like a dam, like, we're here pushing against it, yeah. and we want to get in the big pond. And, That's uh, how I say we are. And how how do you plan to do that? What's the plan to break through into that? Is there one? There is a plan, yeah. Okay. Uh, this year, there is a plan. Okay. Um, it's sort of rebrand, make ourselves the full package. Yeah. So everybody, all the people higher up in the industry see these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. They know what they're doing. And... Um, keep releasing the best music we can mm. and make a sound that's tailored to us. And that's it. You've just got to keep plowing away. Yeah. It's a slow process, but you're going to get there in the end if you keep mm. doing the right things. Yeah. Well, I, I can see, cause uh, I, I do see the point of a, of a rebound and I could, and I did see you get quite frustrated when, uh, just I, I think it was your last single, and it, it quite similar to a Stone Roses cover, the artwork that you used for the for the single. Yeah. I, I, I could see. I, I don't know if it's you on your socials or somebody else, but you were getting quite frustrated with people always like starting with they were a bit of a Stone Roses type band. Um, you were getting that yeah. on, online for a little bit. So is that the main reason for to try and break away from that view of? Yeah, I, I get I get really wound up because it's yeah, like it's sort okay. of. I feel like my creativity is being like disregarded as a ripoff and it's not, it's me trying to convey, like make something new. It it might have similarities because that's what I listen to, but it's not like the stone roses. I don't sound like Ian Brown. I don't think anyone particularly sounds, it's probably more in the, like the way it's all been put together. Yeah. And obviously I don't think the artwork helped. Um, yeah. that can't be helped. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. Right. It was sort of last minute. We'll, we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So our designer just gave us like the first thing he got. And yeah, I don't think it helps our cause. I feel like if we had yeah. different artwork, people might not have made as many comparisons. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right there. Cause it was pretty much bang like an old <laughs> Jackson Pollock's <laughs> Stone Roses. Yeah, it, it did thing, literally it? just look like a Stone Roses single. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Well, we live and learn, don't we? It's all part of it, isn't it? It's all part of the fun. And um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited to, to to. Can you tell us anything about what the new image is going to be like? It's okay. It's okay. I don't, um, I don't want to put you in the spot. It's okay if you don't want to. 
Oh yeah, of course I don't mind. Uh, yeah. We're going for a, a obviously <laughs> just said no one look like Stone Roses, but we're going for a baggy look. <laughs> okay, so fair enough. we're gonna we're gonna go for like bigger outfits, but we just want to look yeah. like uh, sort of go with darker colours. You know what I mean? Okay. So you know how everything around Marseille is sort of all bright colours and yeah, everything. Yeah. It's all happy days and stuff. Mm. It's just sort of like the way I want to present ourselves is like if psychedelia got depression. Okay. That's so like purples dark yeah. blacks reds that that's sort of what i want mm. the colors to be when we're doing like tints on pictures or logos or posters or anything that's what i sort of want that to be i'm interested to like, see, I'm like in- a hazy purple thing yeah well, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm interested to see how you develop with all of that because I, I, I like stuff like that when bands it's like moving to another step, and you're thinking about it more. You're planning ahead. You've got a plan. It's. I like to see that in a band. It's part of a band's development, isn't it? It's good. I always get excited when bands do that as well. It feels yeah. like a band reborn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm really excited at the minute, yeah. like behind the scenes. I'm yeah. really like trying to bottle it down and <laughs> okay. just not give away too much and not yeah, say enough. I'm really excited, but yeah. I am yeah. really excited about what the future holds for the next year. I love a band with giddy pants on. That's what we say in Sheffield. He's got, they've got great giddy pants on them. I, lo- I love that. Yeah, you're proper all over it. Nice one, nice one. So, um, yeah, so, uh, but one thing that I noticed from ju- just from Marseille in the last 12 months is how much you've got out of Derby and how much you've played all over the country. I know for any band, that's that's a really difficult stage to, to get to. And I, I know how difficult it is for a lot of bands that just take the risk and go out on the road and they, they might end up playing to just the bar people or, you know, a few of the other bands sometimes. How, how was that journey for you and Marseille, just getting out and, and building up different pockets of fans all over the country? Because you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? I think that's been my favourite part about Marseille, just seeing it yeah. grow. Because obviously I've told you about Derby's grassroots scenes. Yeah. So there was nowhere really to go. So we were sort of straight away from the outset forced to go elsewhere. Yeah. And we just thought, well, why don't we just go outside of Derby? People will see that we're flying the flag for Derby in other places and we'll come back legends. Mm. And that's what that's what we've always been about. And don't get me wrong, we've played to our houses, like we've played to rooms of two people, like a man and his dog, and that's mm. it. But like as we've grown, we never get that anymore, which is good. When we go to places, people mm. recognise our name on a poster and then we play to at least about 40, 50 people on a bad day. Yeah. And that's good. Like we're, we're getting to that point now where we can play pretty much anywhere and know that there'll be an audience there. And that's... That's a major achievement, goal. mate. That's the end goal. Yeah. Like, as long as you've got people in every single bit of the UK, mm. somewhere, you know you're not going to be disappointed when you go there. Well, you, you just look at bands like Red Rum Club. In Liverpool, they're playing the arena, um, but they're still announcing tours in little pockets of... <laughs> Uh, the country where the fans aren't probably don't know them too much, like like maybe two three hundred venue caps, and they're playing the arena in the hometown, but they're still out there grafting and finding those other little pockets where they've not uh, established a full following yet. Just to build on it, it's it's clever, isn't it? It's a good idea. Yeah, it works that way, and I think we yeah. wouldn't have been able to play that five hundred capacity venue in Derby if people yeah. from Derby weren't seeing that we were flying the flag for them everywhere yeah. else. Nice. I think we came back and did exactly what we set out to do. We said we'd go out fly the flag for Derby, yeah. be proud of people from Derby. Mm. And then when we come back, people will embrace us. Yeah. And that's exactly how it's worked. And I'm very happy it has worked out. Yeah, nice one. So you've got this gig in London on Friday then. So we've talked about, you know, how important London it is to the plan of the band. Um, so have you, have, you, have you got loads of industry people booked in for Friday then? Yeah, we've got a few. Um, 
Ross, who's promoting it, has got a few mm. contacts. So we've got yeah. some pretty cool people coming down who I'm not going to expose oh, yeah, so sure. you don't get bombarded or yeah. anything. But we've got some cool people coming down. Mm. Uh, sold a fair few tickets. It's on about, it's approaching 50% now, sold out. Mm. So we've got another week to get that out. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty confident because most tickets fly out in the last week anyway. So yeah, I'm, I think it's going to be an all-round good night. I do. And if you've not got your tickets, I'd recommend you do because I think they'll fly out for the, yeah, definitely. Over the next next week well the, the people watching these videos don't just live in um you know where i'm from um you know they're from all over the country so if you're in london we'll put in the description of this podcast we'll put the link so you can grab a ticket and go and see marseille on friday and i presume there's going to be other dates coming out uh announced big announcements yeah. at six o'clock coming out for a, a tour or something like that coming up at, at some point yeah, there'll, there'll be a tour later in this year, but yeah. probably not early this year. Right, It'll be okay. late, late this year, I think, if we do a tour. Right, so uh, okay. keep your eyes peeled for that when we yeah. get round to it. But yeah. it's going to coincide with this exciting EP release that we're going to yes. announce at six o'clock. Well, that's what I'm going <laughs> to come back to. So what can you tell us anything about the EP or you, do you want to tease it here before I let you get on with your day? Um, I'm going to tease the fact that we are experimenting with a lot more well, it's a lot more reverby and a bigger sound. Right. I think the drums are now into more integral because so many people that see Tom say he's mm. a fantastic drummer. Yeah. But what I've noticed with our previous tracks is that sometimes the drums are overshadowed by the walls of guitars. What right. we've made sure this time is that Tom is heard. Mm. And I think it's like, if I could describe it, it's like hip-hop beats, mm. but with like shoegazy reverby guitars and an indie vocal. Mm, nice. And it sounds really, really new and refreshing and... Yeah. When we heard it in the studio, I was so excited. I was just really excited of what we've done and what we've created. Well, it, it, your enthusiasm is shining through, young Will. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to what 2024 has got ahead of it for Marseille. I've can't, I've, I've losing, I can't speak anymore. I don't know what's talking to me today. I'm having one of those moments. Um, is, there, is there anything you want to share with Marseille fans that are watching this that... Um, you know, the support over the last year and that kind of stuff. Is there a message you want to share with them just while we've got you on film? Uh, I just want to say a massive thanks to everyone who has been yeah. supporting the band over the years nice and whatever, because we wouldn't be able to get to this point. We wouldn't be able to fund this next EP yeah. if you weren't all coming to the shows and yeah. helping us out, buying merch or whatever, and spreading the word. So mm. whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. Keep doing it next year and we'll be even bigger next year. Class, <laughs> Class. so Will really appreciate you joining us today I'm really excited to see what 2024 has got to hold for you guys and yeah um, let's look ahead and have a cracking year mate nice one thanks for joining us you too cheers thanks, oh thanks Will thanks for joining us mate yeah so loads going on loads going on um, so right second week of 2024 is coming up what are we up to uh, who's out at gigs is there as much gigs going on at the minute? It's a bit slow time of year, isn't it, I suppose? People uh, getting their ass into gear and getting stuff announced. Um, bands announcing announcements at 6pm that we talked about with Will there, didn't we? That's always fun. Uh, but hey-ho. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another week here at the RGMP Experience Podcast. If you are listening to this, then... Uh, well, you are, because you're listening to it. <laughs> Insight. Uh, then you know you can watch our interviews as well on YouTube uh, just Google RGM and you should find it there uh, what's your thoughts comment in the uh, comment areas you know on the socials tell us what you think about the interview 
share it with your friends if you're new to Marseille click on the link in the description of the podcast nice one let's get to know the band and yeah cheers boys great I'm going to crack on now going into a second week of uh, January with my uh, <laughs> enthusiasm at full stretch let's do it I'm just really excited for this year ladies and gentlemen let's do it together eh? let's go and support music and do what we can eh so, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another week here at the RGM Podcast, where we delve into the music industry. And we'll see you next week. Toodaloo! Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support. And we'll see you next week.